0: one group of friends
1: no idea
2: one big dream
0: from the loos to the boos to the cues. what goes into making a festival happen can we pull it off welcome to how to build a festival hi everyone so before we start this week's episode we'd like to apologize if the sound is a little less clear than you might expect we had to record this week's episode virtually last minute due to illness, and we haven't practiced much with the software. So apologies for that. Please do turn up the sound if you need to, and we'll be back to normal volume next week. With that, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to How to Build a Festival. I'm back with Ross and Rachel. Hi, guys. Hi. Hello. Hello. Um, this is the first podcast that we have recorded since we went live. Um, so we just wanted to say a huge thank you to everyone who has listened to the episodes that we have released so far. Um, frankly, I'm astounded that anyone has listened apart from my husband who sort of was forced to listen. Um, but we've had some really good feedback. So thank you all so much for listening and for sending in your thoughts. Um, and anyone else, if you do have any sort of feedback or you want us to include anything in upcoming episodes, please do let us know.
1: And, of course, uh, let us know if there's anybody that we should be trying to speak to, because we're really interested to find out as much as we can from people who know what they're talking about.
0: I.e. not us.
2: So where we left things last time, um, we were just about to try and buy Glastonbury tickets. So I think we probably need to start there today. Who wants to uh, to start us off? To break the sad news. <laughs> Very
1: bad news not a ticket between us not not even uh not even a detailed page
0: no we didn't even get past the holding page this time uh nor did anyone i know so on the one hand that makes me feel a bit better sorry i, f- I shouldn't feel better that my friends aren't going without me but i do um but on the other hand it makes me think I don't know what was going on this year was everyone in the world applying for the tickets um you know we know people that have been year after year right Rach and they they didn't get in this year
2: yeah no I was, I think I spoke last time about my friend Graham who um has been every year for the past as long as I can remember and he had I think about eight or ten groups and only one of the groups got tickets and it wasn't him sadly
1: there was I don't know if either of you saw this There was a. a video or two going around on social media that um some syndicates managed to figure out that once one group had got through and paid they could reload the uh the bank details page and just keep getting back in and uh uh, someone at work said one of their group managed to get all 36 of them their tickets in one go so uh minor social media controversy (laughs) yeah
0: um oh well never mind we'll just have to make sure that our festival is even better than Glastonbury no pressure guys <laughs> because all of our friends now need a festival to go to anyway
2: us not getting Glastonbury tickets um has brought up the conversation which um we've had a few times before um about the Glastonbury ticket kind of um process yes the concept. That fairer. exactly like how could it be fairer so personally I i am a big fan of the lottery idea so that everyone registers and then there's like a lottery and then people get kind of through and then they can buy up six tickets um what does everyone else think is that how they do it for Wimbledon yeah you can't buy as many tickets but yeah it's kind of a lottery although saying that I've never actually got Wimbledon tickets through the lottery so maybe I'm not such a fan of the lottery yeah,
0: I mean, I don't know. I, 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 guess, I think one of, this is one of those things where it's, it probably sounds so much easier than it is to try and make it fair. And I guess they do a relatively good job. At least ticket house can't buy the tickets, right? And, you know, you can't yeah. complain about that. Um, but I think it's one of the things, you know, buying tickets is one of the things that I'm, we're going to try and look into a bit more for our festival. We're going to get someone on, I hope, um, who works in the industry to talk a bit about how it works. And maybe we'll finally discover whether you should have more than one tab open at a time, because I still don't know.
1: So I, I'm massively anti-lottery a because I, I think two things. One is that a big thing about rastery is that you kind of the whole thing is... Um, it's hard for, like, you have to, you earn every single bit of enjoyment you get out of glass of me, And so I feel like going through the ticket ordeal is, is part of it. But secondly, I think um it takes a certain level of commitment just to organise yourself for a ticket day, and it filters out a lot of the kind of people who would just go if they were handed tickets on a plate out of curiosity. And I think if it was a lottery and all you had to do was fill in a form the competition would be like five times higher because so many more people would apply. Uh, and I think, you know, if you're organized enough to get yourself into a group of 36 people all helping each other through ticket sales and resale then you probably deserve a higher chance of getting tickets when we haven't got tickets it's generally been when like someone some of our group have been on holiday or whatever and this year we got unlucky with that but generally i think like you give yourself a higher chance by being more organized and that's part
0: of it i think that's i hadn't really thought about it like that but actually that's really fair um and it's a good point i hadn't thought yeah you it does kind of you have to get up early on a sunday morning and make sure you're in a group and make sure you've got everybody's registration numbers and that one of them hasn't spelt their postcode wrong (laughs) um which as i may have mentioned i've done in the past um so no i think that's a really good point but definitely something for us to look into more i think as we move forward in this process
1: yeah and especially as
2: definitely
1: loads of chat about like the bots getting getting people their tickets this year We, we uh we don't want to be losing out to the bots.
0: Oh, no. okay. really? What AI tickets?
1: Well, just people figuring out how to uh, automate the slog that they have to go through. Whether that's true or not, I, I don't actually know.
0: Oh, well, again, if you are clever enough to figure that out, maybe you do deserve them.
1: they <laughs> <laughs> are the biggest collection of IT nerds in the world at Glastonbury every year. <laughs>
2: we haven't got tickets what are our options now so there is obviously the resale in april i think it is um or there's other options for getting tickets like volunteering what's everyone thinking
1: Uh, i've signed up to volunteer um so we'll see i've never done i think it'll be quite interesting but um i'm curious to try try other festivals as well i don't know kind of interested to see what other lineups come out as well
0: yeah, I just don't think I'd be a very good volunteer, as you know. Um, I don't like to get up at festivals until quite late in the day. Um, but, uh, yeah, other festivals, I would quite fancy something abroad in that case. If we can't go to Glastonbury, maybe we can try and guarantee good weather. So um, looking at Primavera, uh, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see when we get all the lineups out.
1: I've always wanted to do that one.
0: Mm, does Yeah, the lineups kind of half convincing me. Yeah. It's not perfect
1: they've had such good lineups over the years it's almost like I
0: feel
1: like I want a bit more out of it
0: yeah so hopefully I mean Glastonbury's apart from Reading and Leeds and obviously I'm not going to Reading and Leeds because I'm not 18 um I actually saw on Twitter the other day or X sorry the other day someone said I would go to Reading if they made an over 25s campsite and I was like that's such a good idea they should do that you should have to show ID at the gate and maybe then I'd go because their lineup's great too um But yeah, otherwise, they don't really tend to sell out as quickly. So we've got a bit more time to decide. All right. We thought we would spend some time today just talking about our priorities in the short term now for how we're going to actually get this project going. Um, Because I feel like we've talked about it quite a lot, but we want to kind of start moving forwards. Um, So maybe if we all share our sort of first priorities. um, And Rachel, I know yours is the toilet, so we'll come to that in a minute. Um, But before we get to, to Rachel's obsession with festival lose um so my uh key priority i think is uh location so trying to find out where we're actually going to have our festival um and i kind of want us to start going around looking at some venues in the next few weeks um maybe not you know on christmas day itself but we might have some time off around there uh to go and have a go and have a look so what do you guys think are you sort of on the same page
1: i think the fest venue is so critical that it that yeah it's got to come very very early and then everything kind of flows from there so i do i think we need to yeah identify two or three and see if we can get a chance to go and look at them and also talk to the um talk to the landowners it's not like we have you know, a land of our own that we can host a festival and we need to we need to figure out everything about that i mean what um what kind of What kind of venue are we thinking and where do you have a location in mind
0: yeah it's a shame that none of us own land isn't it really that would make it (laughs) it. so that's easier for the landed gentry if, if any of our listeners are in fact landed gentry landowners please let us know if you have you know a convenient glastonbury sized field that we could use um so i think that to have a location, we need to sort of, I know we looked at city venues and we talked about that last week, but I think we'd like to explore some different options. Um, I know there are kind of some areas, some festival venues that you can almost hire set up so that some of the infrastructure is done for you. And then there's more of kind of like a DIY type scenario where you do a lot of it yourself. Um, we could even look at some kind of pubs with outdoor space to start with. So I think we need to sort of have a little look around. Um, and make a short list in the next few weeks?
2: I think somewhere that is kind of accessible, um, so it's obviously got to have different options of how to get there. So, you know, if there's obviously by car, um potentially kind of train, things like that. So I suppose accessibility is a um a kind of a, a consideration. Um also oh. I guess you say that accessible to who because
0: looking at our you can see on our stats where our listeners are from um <laughs> accessible to people in the philippines if you are our listener from the philippines please do email us and let us know but we have <laughs> listeners all over the place so yeah maybe we should you know just do it abroad why not go crazy True. True. Yeah. why would we limit B. it to I? the uk
2: i mean i suppose for, from a practical point of view me being you know miss miss sensible over here um, i guess somewhere that you know if if we're going to be doing a lot of planning organizing and stuff if it's not too far away obviously if we have to do a lot of like practical stuff um organizing get you know doing site visits and stuff maybe somewhere um you know in the within a couple of hours of where we are would make sense um but yeah I mean I think there's also I guess we need to think about sort of how many people we'd want to have there that would also obviously give us a that would narrow down or increase the kind of different venues that were options, I guess. Um, but yeah, I think probably somewhere outside with some green space would be a good a good start.
0: I don't know. I'm attached to this festival on an island idea now. I think we could do Firefest 2.0. It's so already great.
1: in the works. £495 <laughs> for early bird tickets. Or dollars. 495 Are you joking? No, it's so genuinely
0: everything uh, passes me by these days
2: <laughs> we did go to a really good island that you could have a festival on um in essex actually so you know maybe maybe we could realize our dream that's not a bad idea
1: um yeah just uh the guy's out of prison and it's that's the what he what he said he's going to do now um yeah i think we we're all north london and um or near North London. So I reckon ideally somewhere near us. What's your number one priority for the site? Like what do you want it to be like? Do you what
0: have we what have we thought about that? Well now that you've just said about the guy coming out of prison, I think the whole, you know, the positive aim for this festival will be if no one goes to prison. That would be really good. That's um no, I don't know. I think <laughs> I think uh for me I want somewhere that's got a bit of character. So you know i'm not saying it has to be like spectacularly beautiful but you know some of the festivals we go to i'm going to talk about green man again and i know we talk about green man a lot but the festival site really adds to the sort of atmosphere and i think that would be a really nice you know addition if we could manage something like that
2: yeah definitely i think it's a really beautiful site it definitely adds a lot to the festival a lot of um festivals tend to be kind of on i guess um a, a, well I say a plot of land a very large bit of land with kind of big old house like a big old estate so I guess that could be um a place to start looking one of my friends um suggested a place um Kentwell Hall I think it was where there is already a a small festival there but um, I've been yeah. there oh ah, I went there I had to dress up as a Tudor
0: when
2: I was a child, not recently. Okay. From, sure. That's a new direction.
1: Back to a medieval no, really. carnival that you're after.
0: I I'm not sure that the Tudor look was really, is really in fashion. I don't think it's the style of the times. Everything um, comes back around yeah,
2: eventually. <laughs> Tudor um, bonnet. So like, that's next I mean, year. I mean, Highlands Park in Chelmsford. That's you know similar as like a, a you know an old house, big grounds that's now without a that's
1: now without a festival just saying so I think character like Kat said is is like the the most important thing I don't think it has to be like look absolutely stunning object like from the road or whatever but I think a site with character like it's is really key because like some of the places we went to like Strathallen for Tea in the Park if there hadn't been that festival on there would have looked absolutely stunning but it did not look stunning when you were trying to do a festival there so uh, yeah I think site with some character that you can do some awesome stuff with the space there would be would be perfect
0: and that actually brings me on to another priority which is thinking about the practicality of the site because yeah like you say Strathairn Castle was so beautiful um I still have Strathairn Castle on my weather app by the way because it never stops raining there I bet you it's raining there now I don't even have to look um but beautiful place nonetheless um but you know as you could see from when they from the the tea in the park that we went to there, it wasn't very practical. So just thinking about how it would work practically, um, you know, especially if we were as we hopefully will be overrun with people attending.
1: We will. That was interesting. I mean, they they had was it nesting ospreys moved in about four months before the festival started, and they were only allowed to go ahead if they made like a half a kilometer ring around them. And so the resulting festival site meant that. To get from the arena to the campsite, you literally had to walk in a massive kinda of V shape about an extra, well, five hundred meters one way and then almost back on yourself to get to the campsite. It was absolute disaster. It was
2: crazy. So
1: check for nesting birds. Uh, check, check for nesting birds. <laughs> <bear bear. laughs> <laughs> so I think for for me, we um mentioned this on the first episode. Uh, really want to be able to talk to some people who have done this before and that we can really learn from. And that's kind of our priority at the moment, I think. Um, so there's actually a really interesting one, a small festival, I think a 300 capacity that went ahead or has gone ahead for the last few years in Hampshire, where the, um, the organizers actually published their accounts and their festival plans for other people who want to start small festivals um so that's really interesting read actually it's a festival called three wheel drive happened in august um and yeah hugely helpful actually look at their accounts and their kind of their whole plan and their their um site map and all that stuff so i would love to get love to get someone like that on um and just understand, I mean, the financing of these things is uh, a complete mystery to me, other than that obviously it costs a lot of money and, and you need to put some of that up at, at risk. So, and clearly that's going to be one of the big things we need to figure out how, how we're going to do that before we go too far down this route. So, um, to, to me that figuring that out over the next few months is along with the site, a huge, huge priority.
0: Oh, I just thought you guys were paying for it.
2: I thought,
0: no? okay. I thought we
1: were buying lots of lottery tickets. <laughs> I do buy lots of lottery tickets. But I haven't bought me a festival buy yet. Buy
2: more, buy more. <laughs>
0: I can't play the lottery because I think I'm going to win every time, like properly think I'm going to win, like put the champagne on ice and it's depressing. Um, No, I completely agree with you. And I think our plan for the next few episodes is that once we've kind of talked about, you know, what we're doing going forwards, each episode will probably centre around, you know, one area of the festival planning. So we're going to look at sound, we're going to look at tickets, for example, and, you know, we're going to look at how we book bands and we might even look at toilets at some point. <laughs> um no so i you know and i know a couple of people reached out with some contacts uh for us so thank you so much to do that but absolutely you know if you're listening or if you know anyone please let us know um because we'd really like to get some people on that we can steal ideas from
2: So I think one of the other priorities is sort of thinking about what we want to be at the festival. So obviously we've talked a lot already about music and we're all massive fans of live music and are really keen to support um, bands, artists, especially probably kind of independent and -and up-and-coming ones. Um, But also a lot of the things we enjoy at festivals are not just the music. So um, for example, kind of dance, kind of going to like Kind of yoga classes, massage. Um, well, maybe not massage, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, <I> <laughs> I like, oh, I'd love a massage right now. Um, yoga classes, um, kind of comedy. We've been to, although with varying success. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Ross enjoyed some of the comedy we went to. We went to a beer, um, a beer pairing, a music pairing, and that was pretty interesting. Um, and there's kind of often like lots of art around at festivals and that kind of all enhances I think the festival experience is there anything other than kind of the music that you guys um sort of value at a festival? I mean I think yeah you're
0: completely right uh, you could go to Glastonbury for example and barely see any bands at all I mean I'm not saying you should but you could um because there's just so much to do while you're there um and it's a massive part of going to a festival for me is not just which I think is kind of maybe what was missing from a city festival for me because you didn't have all of that stuff around it. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, again, it would be really good to speak to some people who are in the industry and see what they like about performing at festivals and what, you know, would encourage them to join us.
1: Do you remember when we went to um tour and it was like an amazing lineup and amazing weather, but it was kind of like they'd got together, figured out their budget and spent... 100 percent of it on bands it was like every time a band finished we were like okay the only thing to do now is uh go and sit in the tent or go and eat carrot sandwiches and that was that was the entire <laughs> festival and it because... does do something to the kind of overall atmosphere of, of a festival it takes something away if the only thing there is is music
0: it does. It was weird. I mean, that sort of brings me on actually to nightlife, which is a huge thing for me, yeah. um, like trying to get what goes on after the band's finished right. Um, because, yeah, I think so many festivals do that wrong and it's it's easier than you think. Um, we just want cheesy music. Um, but, you know, yeah, I think that's a really good example. Rock, Rock Better was an amazing festival in terms of the lineup, but I probably wouldn't go back because there wasn't much else to make it stand out. So you wouldn't feel any particular loyalty towards it. You know in comparison to any other festival apart from the fact we've been there before and that they put mayonnaise on everything but <laughs> apparently that's just the belgian way so if you're from belgium let me know if that's true but that's what they told us
2: i'm a big fan of um kind of I suppose that links to the cheesy music but i'm a big fan of a silent disco like in the eve <sighs> like in the evening later on they had that at um end of the road and that was very fun um and also they had a little karaoke bar which was excellent and even um well although we didn't sadly see kevin morby do it we saw on social media that he went and did karaoke so that'd be pretty cool if we could get everyone including some of the acts to do karaoke after the main stuff had finished
0: yeah I am great at karaoke
1: <laughs> <laughs> um but you're That's right funny. it's it's i feel like this one I think a lot of things we say oh, It must be way harder than we think I feel like this is, like you say Kat Way easier than a lot of festivals mm-hmm. make this Even Glastonbury like There are mm-hmm. Dozens of, of places To see dance music After dark But wherever there's a silent disco Or anything other than dance music It's impossible to get into Because they have it on in a tiny tent As an afterthought And it's the same even at like yeah. folk festivals we go to um so yeah right like end of the road i think had a great nightlife in terms of just a bit of variety and up and kind of a bit of thought put into it you just want something fun to do at the end of end of the day don't you and i think everyone could take their nightlife a little bit less seriously if you like uh when they're when they're planning it okay so uh big social media day today it's um the the wrapped publication <laughs> um what did we have what cat uh, what was your number one why don't we go number one artist and number one song of the year
0: oh my number one artist is boring it's taylor swift and it's been taylor swift for the last three years in a row which, yeah and i hat trick i know um which I think I, it said it put me, the amount I listened puts me in the top 8% of her fans, which, like, what are people in the top 1% doing? Like, I just, that's crazy to me.
2: Uh, I might be in the top 3%. Wow. <sighs> well, anyway, yeah, Arctic Monkeys are second, so I was pleased with that.
0: Um, and my top song of the year, would ne- I would never have guessed, um, it's The Leader of the Pack by Wonder Horse. Oh, wow. So, there you go. Yeah, which also came to- out after... Yeah, I listened to that after I was I, I trained for the London Marathon this year, and I listened to a lot of music during that time. But yeah. I wasn't listening to that then, so I really have listened to that like on repeat, I guess.
2: So there you go. It's
1: a very repeatable song, very bingeable song. Yeah,
0: yeah,
2: that's good.
1: Uh, go on, Rach.
2: Okay, well, I've kind of already given it away, but yeah, uh, Taylor Swift number one, obviously. Um, although my my kind of figures are probably a little bit skee because I've I've not I don't always use Spotify to listen to music and I haven't for the whole year but it's interesting it's mainly people who I've seen live so um, we saw Maggie Rogers at um, Glastonbury I listened to her a lot in the summer beforehand also Mel and in my top five and I'm five. Um, Self-esteem obviously headlined uh, Green Man, and I saw her live um earlier in the year and I think who rounded up my top five? Oh Ellie Dixon who my friends uh, bought me tickets for to go and see for my birthday who we ended up seeing in like October Um, but yeah she's she's great and I've listened to her a lot kind of before and after the gig so yeah kind of sl- slightly random but very very poppy top five.
1: Mine. I was surprised at mine. Um, my top one was Etta Marcus, and I was in the top 0.5% of Etta Marcus fans this year. Wow! <laughs> yeah. Fair
2: and I enough. don't know.
1: It did, uh, did Taylor Swift give you a video message to say thanks for the support, by the way?
0: She did, although I didn't feel it was personal to me somehow.
2: Did <laughs> <Fair> you <laughs> get on from Meta Marcus? Yeah,
1: I did. Um, she probably called you by name. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, I love her. That's that, thanks to me, though, Rossi.
1: Yeah, you found. Got it. you into her. Um, and then Be my number we one. we to
2: see her in January. Uh,
1: February, I think, but yeah, soon. Oh no, it is January, end January. of January.
0: Um, it's not interesting, guys. Just remember, we're on a podcast. We don't need to know about months. <laughs>
1: My number one song was, um, by Dustin Tebbutt. Um, a song called...
0: <laughs> <laughs> sorry.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. Russ, Ross got obsessed with this, with this guy a little while ago. He's Brilliant great, album. but you did
0: get obsessed. Say his name again. Dustin
1: Tebbutt. Yeah. And the song's called Chasing Gold. Uh, and it's, it's an amazing folk song. So give that a go. Right, I'll give Kat, you highly, highly Gold. recommend it and highly recommend a lot of his stuff to be honest. It's really good. Uh, his biggest laugh, song is called but, The Breach.
0: Okay, I laughed, but a few years ago Ross had an obscure folk song as his number one Spotify rap song, and I laughed at the time. And then I listened to it, and then the next year it was my number one song. <laughs> <laughs> laughing now.
2: Yeah, he's laughing such an influencer. That was the Can, can you imagine if mother? our um, Australian listener was Dustin Tebbett? Oh my goodness! Whoa.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't think it is, but
1: you know, No, not, not. So I. I think it's our friend Ryan
0: well yeah <laughs> all right don't give Could be away <laughs> yeah. I also think that's right and this is we're going down a rabbit hole here but I do think your most played song is also slightly warped by how long the song is because sometimes I'm just like yeah the reason that that's up there is because that song's really short so I don't skip it that makes sense
2: <laughs> Fair enough. Mm. yeah well sometimes I just like press play and it's like one of the top five so it just gets played a lot
1: yeah um I was gonna say it's, I think it's where since we kind of say that we want to talk about and kind of do something that gives small bands and independent bands a chance to play at our festival if we if we pull it off like a lot of bands today on social media pointing out that it's it's not a great deal for them and like if you want to support independent music go and go and buy a record or um go and see them live and i think that's probably is worth mentioning
0: yeah, absolutely. So go and buy Dustin Tebbit's album. That is the moral of this story. <laughs> <laughs> um, on that note of live music, has anyone got any good live music coming up? Are you going to any gigs anytime soon?
2: Well, we do actually have a gig on Saturday. I don't know if I'd say it's brand new live music. <laughs> We're going to see Star Sailor. Oh, cool. I used
0: to really yeah. like them. I, didn't, yeah. I mean,
2: I don't I know. dislike them now. After a few after a few drinks uh, in the pub, we just uh, spur of the moment booked it as a kind of nostalgic nostalgic gig. But yeah, what about you, Kat? Have you got? Any-
0: well, I would say be wary of booking gigs after a few drinks because um, me and my husband were supposed to be going to see Django Django, who we saw a couple of weeks ago at Mutations Festival um, in December, but he booked them in the pub and accidentally booked them for Bristol. Oh. So yeah, looks like we might not be going, or we might be going to Bristol. Nice. Why don't knows?
1: Why don't you go to Bristol? When what day of the week is it?
0: It's a Sunday. It's mm. a way to go on a Sunday. Uh, yeah. Suburbs- are they
1: are they sold, sold out.
2: Sundays. No. Uh, no, it is. It
0: isn't. But I can't go. Now, oh. so.
1: Never mind. <laughs> and then we've only got Big Moon before Christmas. After that, I think haven't we?
0: I've got. Are you guys? We've got flight as well. Are you guys going to flight? I don't know. Where's that? And it's when? Good question. Don't know.
2: uh I Really, I really like flight.
0: I don't think I deliberately didn't invite you. How <laughs>
2: rude! How not ridiculous. currently going. We to uh, we were meant to be seeing Etta Marcus yesterday, but um it's now in as previously mentioned January slash February. So we're very excited about that as well.
0: I mean, my husband's probably booked these tickets for you know chicago or something um <coughs> this is gonna take me too long to find oh no okay it's in coco on december the 12th
1: there you go oh nice well we'll look at yeah. that if it's not sold out uh and i did yeah. see today i got very excited that the bees are doing a very small tour next year for four gigs i don't think they've played since 2012 i used to absolutely love the bees so uh, it was immediately online you did.
0: It used to be a bit of a running joke how much you love the beast. (laughs) (laughs) But no, we'll definitely be going to that one. So that sounds good. All right. Well, I think that's pretty much it for this week. Um, Next week, hopefully we're going to start getting into some of the specifics on what we need to do to move things forward. So hopefully you'll join us again for that. Once again, we'd like to give a huge thank you to Tony Flags music for creating the music for this podcast. You can find him on Instagram. And also thank you again to Glenn for our artwork.